service. Disgraceland is brought to you by Disgraceland All Access. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening, an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. Good morning and happy Monday, Discos. Welcome to our weekly advanced mini episode, the first communique of the week between you and yours. Truly the place for us to set the table for everything that we're going to be discussing and listening to this week, specifically this week's release, the trailer for season 13 of Disgraceland. Coming tomorrow, as always, on Tuesday, as well as any and all music news relevant to Disgraceland and its many subjects. And of course, this is where we start the conversation that we continue over voicemail, text, social media, and in our Thursday bonus episodes. Let's get into it. All right. Coming tomorrow, you're not going to want to miss the official trailer for season 13 of Disgraceland. I am stoked to tell you guys all about the season. It is the first serialized season of Disgraceland that we've ever done. Uh, here's what's going to happen. Over the course of 10 episodes, we're going to tell you the story of one music group in particular. 10 episodes. You're going to get two of these full episodes per week. All right? And we're going to fly through this. It's an incredible story. It's an incredible true crime story, including groundbreaking music, of course, but also groundbreaking moments in music history. But also the NYPD, the ATF, the FBI, one of the largest federal investigations into a music group by the federal government probably of all time. And yes, of course, this all ties in with the now, the ongoing celebration of the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Have you figured out who I'm talking about yet? Let me give you one more hint. There's 10 members in this group and there's 10 episodes of this season, season 13 to Disgraceland. One episode for each member. What do you think? Know who it is? If you're on our email newsletter, then you already know who it is. And if you're not, get in there. Go sign up at disgracelandpod.com. We're going to be releasing this season a little different. Like I said, going to be dropping two episodes a week for a while. So get ready for a whole lot of new Disgraceland coming your way ASAP. And check out that trailer in your feed tomorrow for more details. All right, as we always do week to week, we talk about what the number one song in America is right now. Why? I don't know. It's just a thing we do. The number one song is baked into the DNA of Disgraceland, has been from the beginning. So I thought, why not? It kind of backfired because all I ended up talking about was Morgan Wallen for about eight weeks straight. But <laughs> not anymore, Mr. Morgan Wallen. You know why? See you bye. You're gone. Hit the bricks. Take it out on the arches, as they say. Because a new song has taken over the number one spot. The number one song in America right now, as of the writing of this episode anyways, is Richmond, North of Richmond, by Oliver Anthony, a breakout viral hit from an unknown artist making history for a number of reasons. First, finally, like I said, knocked off Morgan Wallen from the top slot, but it's also the first time an artist with no previous Billboard chart history has debuted at number one on the Hot 100. This is an outsider, people. That's what I'm saying, and I love it. Later, Morgan Wallen. Nothing personal. I just need shit to talk about. I got to feed the content machine, and I'm sick of talking about you, my friend. All right? I don't know much about this song. Maybe you guys do. You can hit me up. You can email me disgracelandpod at gmail.com. Let's get into it. Let's get into your emails, by the way, right now. 
All right, we'll get into this one here from Eve Potts. Subject is Happy Monday's episode suggestion. Message, hi there, emailing from Lancashire, Northwest England. I think that's how you pronounce it. I uh, love the New Order episode a few weeks ago. I wanted to make a suggestion for an episode on Happy Mondays, also signed to Factory Records at the same time. Um, and, of course, Tony Wilson from Factory Records could be its own episode. Yes, Eve it could. Uh, okay. Eve goes on to say the band were notorious Hellraisers and heavily addicted to drugs. Tony Wilson sent them to Barbados staying at Eddie Grant's house. Eddie Grant of the Equals. I added that bit just to show that I know who Eve is talking about. Uh, Eddie Grant did more than Electric Avenue. Okay. Uh, anyways, they go to Eddie Grant's house. Let's get back to Eve's email. House to finish their album as they were taking too much heroin only for them to become addicted to crack on the island. Uh, this is a very long email. It's a great email. It's a great suggestion. And we will get into a Happy Mondays episode Eve, I appreciate the email. Keep them coming. Let's see what else we got here. Let's go to an email from Paul Stewart. Subject, Gangstar references slash overlooked great music films. All right. So I get the sense this is something I fucked up and I'm going to hear about it. Let's hear. Let's hear what Paul has to say here. Uh, Paul Stewart goes on to say, yo, Disgraceland, super old school listener, never reached out before but felt inclined. Gangstar is legendary. Some super disgraceful stuff happened before the band broke up and the sad and tragic death of MC from Gangstar Guru. The other half of Gangstar, the legendary DJ Premier, is arguably the best hip-hop producer ever with what many feel is the best song on classic albums by artists like B.I.G., Jay-Z, Nas, D'Angelo. The first four Gangstar LBs are full of classics. Any best of list or top Spotify hits will give you the idea they are very underrated, have a crazy story, will be worthy of Disgraceland. Uh, and then he goes on to say... Few great films. Uh, these are music films. One, Harder They Come. I agree. Two, Wild Style. Also agree. Three, Repo Man. Yes, my man, you have great taste. Four, Once. Yeah, five, Rhyme and Reason. I don't know Rhyme and Reason. Um, and Paul goes on to sign Rockarola. Paul, I would add to your list Rockers. Have you seen that? If you've seen Harder They Come, they, you probably have. And to your question about Gangstar, we'll get into it, man. I love it. This has been mentioned before. Um, I appreciate the recommendation. And uh, I appreciate the excuse for me to dive deeper into Gangstar because I just don't know it like you know it, and I am interested, and I think it'll make for a great subject. All right, let's keep going here. From Hector Lopez says, uh, missing episode inquiry. Uh, Hector says, aloha. First off, I wanted to commend you on such a phenomenal podcast. Why, thank you, Hector. Hector goes on to say, I discovered your podcast during COVID, and it honestly helped me get through it, especially during my West Coast California road trips when everything was locked down. I did have a question. Is there any way that I can find episode number 100? The podcast about Juice World was definitely one of my top three, but I can't seem to access it anymore. And I'm willing to purchase it, if that's the only method. Just, just wondering if that's an option. Thanks in advance, Hector. Hector, appreciate it. Juice World will be coming your way shortly. Listen, here's what's up. All our content was exclusive up until January 1st of this year. Uh, we have been knocking it out, releasing it bit by bit. Uh, throughout the year and by the end of this year all of the episodes will be released the juice world one is one of the last to get to be released because it was one of the last we produced that's uh, one of the reasons anyways uh, but it's coming soon so no you cannot purchase it but thank you for offering to buy it i appreciate your interest in the show just hang tight keep uh keep subscribed to the feed keep following and uh 
you're going to wake up one day, one Friday. That's when we do the archive episodes uh, between now and the next few months. And that juice world will be sitting right there in your feed for you. All right, Hector, there you go. Let's keep going here. From Jill Heyman. Hey, I love, 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 three loves, your pod. The Merle Haggard, Hank W., Grateful Dead, Johnny Paycheck episodes. Well, really all the episodes are amazing. More 90s hip-hop stories would be awesome. Please do that time Left Eye burned down her boyfriend's house. I did do that one. That's out there. That's in your feed right now, Jill. You can hear that Left Eye story, okay? Go get it. And for 90s hip-hop, stay tuned. Listen to that trailer this week. You can be very happy. I guarantee it, Jill. All right? Thank you. Hugo Montenegro writes in, hey, uh, love your podcast, dude. Was curious if you've done one on Sublime. We have, Hugo. We have. Although that one might be in the archive as well. I think it is. I think it's still in the archive. But just, you know, swap everything I said about Juice World for Sublime, and then you'll get it quick. Daryl Potter writes in, your deep interest is evident, and you come up with a lot that I don't know of, and I like to think I know a thing or two. I will always commit whatever time I need per week to listen to all your content. 40-year-old fanboy. Ha, ha, ha. Keep on rocking in the free world, dude. Rock-a-rolla. That is from Daryl Potter. Thanks, man. All right. Another one on the Modern Lovers. Modern Lovers. The tragic death of Miss Christine paging Zeth Lundy. Listen, man. The people are speaking. They want a Modern Lovers episode. All right. We're going to do that because I want to do it. I want to get into it. Um, this one from Jared Cunningham writes in, Hey, do you have a list of sponsors somewhere? There is some that I want to check out, but I listen in my car and can't write your codes down. And I guess I'll have to scrub through some episodes. Thanks. Uh, that's a good thought. I appreciate that, Jared, but mostly the code is always the same. It's different sometimes, but it's mostly just Disgraceland. That's it. Sometimes if it's like a 50% off promo or a 15% off promo, it's Disgraceland 50 or Disgraceland 15 or what have you. But mostly it's Disgraceland. Um, I can't tell you off the top of my head exactly which one, but if you go with that, you should be good. Um, all right. Thank you for the emails, everybody. I'm moving fast here trying to keep this a mini episode. Thank you for the emails. Keep them coming. Disgracelandpod at gmail.com. All right. Uh, prefer to answer them in here. If you don't hear from me, I will answer them eventually, somehow, some way. Um, all right. So this week in Disgraceland subject history, let's shift gears here. Okay. Let's get into it. I love this. You know why? Because shit's always popping off and I'm always learning and I'm always finding a new way to get back into old episodes and old subjects and keep talking about them. And uh, this Disgraceland history thing allows me to do that. So on August 28th, back in 1973, Marvin Gaye released his 13th studio album, Let's Get It On. Fucking great. Great album. Great, great song. Baby making music, as they say. And by they, I mean me. Probably his horniest record, maybe. I don't know, hornier than sexual healing? Probably, could be. Uh, I just cringed at myself because I'm recalling putting sexual healing on a mix for a girl in high school. Oh, what an asshole I was. All right, uh, let's get it on. It was uh, total 180 from, from just two years prior when uh, Marvin Gaye released What's Going On, so let's get it on. You know, what's going on, political, let's get it on, horny, right? You get it. Uh, and let's get it on, best-selling album. So the people like the horny. Best-selling album for Motown, anyways. Best-selling soul album of 1973. Peaked at number two on the Billboard album charts right behind the Rolling Stones. Goat's Head Soup, not a great record in my opinion. Also on August 28th, this time in 2009, Noel Gallagher officially quit Oasis, to which I say... If I'm Noel Gallagher, I'm not quitting Oasis. I'm firing everybody else in Oasis, and I'm staying in Oasis. That's how I would have done it, Noel. But I can't pretend to know what kind of bullshit 
Noel Gallagher had to go through with a brother like Liam Gallagher. So uh, this is what happened, basically. On this uh, day, August 28th, 2009, Oasis was scheduled to perform that day at the Rock en Seine Festival near Paris. Did I say that right? I said it with confidence, so who cares? Uh, halfway through a set by Block Party, who was opening, uh, Block Party's frontman announced that Oasis would not be performing. And two hours later, Noel Gallagher posted a message on Oasis's website, which read, quote, it is with some sadness and great relief, I quit Oasis tonight. People will write and say what they like, but I simply could not go on working with Liam a day longer. <laughs> Love that. Uh, and here we are, 14 years later. What do you think? Is Oasis getting back together? I fucking hope so. Let's do it. Come on. Come on. It's been long enough. 14 fucking years. You guys can get over it. Come do some shows for a year. All right. On August 30th, 2016, police surrounded Chris Brown's house for 10 hours, 10 hour standoff. That's some like Wild West shit. They got there at three in the morning. They didn't go inside until one in the afternoon. The cops were there in the first place because a woman dialed 911 and said that Chris pointed a gun at her inside of his house. Cops never found a gun or much else for that matter. But they still arrested Chris Brown on suspicion for assault with a deadly weapon. You can hear all this uh, when we re-release our Chris Brown episode, which is currently in our archive. Same as Sublime, I believe, and definitely the same as Juice World, but that will be coming soon. All right, I got to back up a bit here. Technically, two last week in Disgraceland history, because I cannot believe that I missed this one last week. It's distracted. But 40 years ago, August 24th, 1983, Jerry Lee Lewis's fifth wife, Sean Stevens, was found dead at the couple's home. And as many of you likely know, this story is ground zero for Disgraceland. It's a story that I read about when I was a little kid in Rolling Stone, a story I've told anyone who would listen, a story about a musician behaving very badly and maybe getting away with murder. And, you know, this kind of launched the whole damn thing. I've, I've talked about this a lot. I'm not going to talk about it uh, in any more detail now, besides to say that it was the first episode that we created. It was an episode I started writing and making, putting together before I even knew what I was doing, before I even knew that I was making a true crime and music podcast. It kind of just, I kind of just figured it out as I was researching and writing this thing and making it. And uh, here's the result. Here's a little bit of our season one, episode one, premiere episode of Disgraceland on the occasion of the anniversary of Jerry Lee Lewis's fifth wife, Sean Stevens, disgracefully being found dead at the couple's home. For the local EMTs who took the call, there was nothing out of the ordinary about heading over to Jerry Lee's to provide medical assistance to some passed out reveler. It was part of the gig. Finding a dead body, that was something new. The first thing they noticed was the absence of Mr. Lewis. The second thing they noticed was how the body of Mrs. Lewis was situated, or placed neatly on a fully made bed in a guest room, not in her bedroom with her newlywed husband in a guest room. The EMTs checked for vitals, while Lottie Jackson, Jerry Lee's caretaker of more than 10 years, knocked on his bedroom door. Within seconds, the killer emerged. The EMTs quickly noticed the bright red scratches on the back of Jerry Lee's hand. You know the kind. They kind of looked like scratches your cat would make, except Jerry Lee didn't own a cat. Blood was also visible on Jerry Lee's robe and on his slippers. There was a pile of bloody clothes in the bathroom, a rivulet of blood on a door, more blood on the carpet, Broken glass was scattered across the floor throughout the house. 
There was blood on Sean's dead hand, in her hair, on her clothes, and on a bra that was in another room. Dirt all over her body, bruises on her arms, on her hip. Her fingernails were broken with something that looked a lot like blood underneath them. All of this physical evidence on and around a woman lying dead on top of a neatly made bed that wasn't hers in a guest room in her own home, down the hall from where her newlywed husband slept alone. All right, Jerry Lee Lewis, killer for real. What do you think? Go check out the Jerry Lee Lewis episode in your feed right now. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be back with some other musicians behaving badly right after this. Okay, listen, if you're one of the few people out there who's new to podcasts, new to Disgraceland, new to true crime, if you have not already listened to the wildly popular and hysterically funny and informative podcast, My Favorite Murder, hosted by my friends Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark on the Exactly Right Network, then what are you waiting for? You got to check out My Favorite Murder in each episode. They're going to tell you stories about infamous serial killers, cold cases, incredible survivor stories. And listen, these guys are wildly popular for a reason. They have an incredible chemistry. They're hysterical. They're smart as all get up. And you're instantly going to feel like they're long lost friends. They've got great new episodes on the subjects I've already mentioned, but they've got this whole treasure trove of back episodes, including well-known stories from true crime and music history, like the deaths of Sid Vicious and Nancy Spungen, the murder of pop singer Selena, and now the infamous story of the cocaine bear. I've known Karen in Georgia since the beginning of my sort of foray into podcasting. They've been heroes of mine. I was on their podcast in March of 2022 to share my hometown story about a prison break party that I attended in high school. Uh, and they told me it was one of their most popular episodes. So you can check that out as well. Listen to My Favorite Murder wherever you listen to podcasts. Brand new episodes drop every Thursday. Hey, Discos, it's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me, and it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. Plus, you'll get one brand new exclusive episode every month. You'll also get weekly unscripted bonus content, special audio collections, and early access to merch and events. There are two ways that you can support the show and become a member at disgracelandpod.com slash membership. You can sign up using Patreon and listen to the show ad-free on Apple, Spotify, and most other major podcast platforms. And Patreon members also get access to all the other perks of membership and an always-on chat where I'll be interacting with you and diving deeper into the world of Disgraceland. But maybe you're currently an Apple Podcast subscription listener and you want to just tap into all the bonus audio content and ad-free listening that we're offering. We're also offering this membership as a premium channel on Apple Podcasts. However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland All Access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. 
All right, we are back and we are continuing to follow this Lizzo story and the alleged accusations of sexual harassment. Uh, first of all, Lizzo's current backup dancers, the dancers known as the big girls and the big boys, B-O-I-I-I-S, issued a public statement on Instagram in support of their boss, Lizzo. They wrote in part, quote, the commitment to character and culture taking precedence over every moment and moment has been one of the greatest lessons and blessings that we could possibly ask for, unquote. They also go on to say, quote, thank you to Lizzo for shattering limitations and kicking in the doorway for the big girl and big boy dancers to be able to do what we love. You have created a platform where we have been able to parallel our passion with a purpose, unquote. I will just say those are some very articulate big girl and big boy dancers. It's almost as if they went to school to also not just learn how to dance, but how to craft a public relations statement. Just saying, talented. Uh, Lizzo herself shared her first post on Instagram since denying the accusations. The post does not address the scandal in the least. It's just a video of her doing Lizzo things, living her Lizzo life, and definitely sends a message that she's moving on. Um, so there you have it. That's the update on Lizzo. If we hear anything else from this incredibly ridiculous story, which I, I seem to be the only one who's as interested in this as I think I am, if that makes sense. Uh, but I'm going to keep talking about it as long as things keep happening. Uh, also, this is kind of interesting just because it touches on a, a couple different, I think three different Disgraceland artists that we've covered here. Uh, Ariana Grande has reportedly parted ways with her longtime manager, Scooter Braun. They've been working together since 2013, which is the same year that Ariana released her debut album. It's also being reported that Demi Lovato has recently left Scooter Braun as well. And there's a rumor that Justin Bieber has also gone his own way. Uh, we've covered Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber and famously Taylor Swift, who Scooter Braun, of course, infamously is the guy who purchased the rights to the original masters of Taylor Swift's catalog, which prompted her to start this whole Taylor's version re-recording campaign, which has been extremely successful and lucrative for Taylor Swift and not so much for Scooter Braun, who it seems some would say is continuing to experience that phenomenon we call karma. Um, also, Snoop Dogg, okay? Another Disgraceland subject. Played a show in Houston last week. Temperatures got very hot. 104 degrees, 35 people experienced heat-related illnesses. 16 of them were taken to a local hospital for treatment. No word yet on how many of them were stoned out of their minds. Uh, but listen, you got to hydrate, especially if you're smoking the grass. You got to hydrate, especially if you're smoking grass in 104 degrees. Uh, and this one, God damn, I can't believe this is fucking real. I can't believe this is real. And I'm going to do an episode on this. I've been putting it off because there's been so much content on this. And uh, I've just been like, whatever, everyone's had their say. What do they need to hear from me for? But now I have a reason. Because this fucking guy, <laughs> this is so audacious. All right, remember the Fire Festival, 2017 luxury music festival that never was uh, co-organized by Ja Rule. Supposed to take place in the Bahamas. Performances by Blink-182, Migos, Lil Yachty, whole bunch more. The entire thing famously collapsed before it even started. A bunch of people who paid thousands of dollars, chartered planes, yachts were all left high and dry. The guy who was behind all this, uh, the co-organizer, Billy McFarlane, pled guilty to fraud charges, and he spent almost four years in prison, which is nuts. Uh, he's out now, and you guessed it, he's fucking selling tickets to Fire Festival 2, <laughs> which doesn't have a location, doesn't have a date, though they're gunning for 2024. 
Uh, but the first 100 presale tickets are, you know, $499 each. All right. And after that, price get, I just want to tell you guys, it's going to get more expensive if you want to go to Fire Festival too. All right. As the date gets closer, you might end up paying all the way up to, you got it, $7,999 per ticket. Can you fucking believe it? I cannot. 617-906-6638 or at DisgracelandPod on the socials or email me, DisgracelandPod at Gmail. Let me know anything you have on your mind. Did you buy Fire Festival tickets, right? You got anything on Lizzo? What do you got? Call me. Get in touch. You hear that Snoop Dogg episode? I want to know. Let me know. All right? Let me know. Talk to me. Let's wrap this puppy up, all right? This advanced mini episode, uh, we're coming to an end. Just set the week for us here in Disgraceland. Number one, get ready for the brand new trailer for season 13, hitting your feeds tomorrow uh, in Disgraceland as we continue to celebrate the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Number two, I've got questions and I'm looking for answers, as always, 617-906-6638. I want to know what's on your mind. I want to know if you're planning to go to Fire Festival 2. I want to know, did Jerry Lee Lewis murder his fifth wife? Do we know? Do we finally know? It's been so long. And I also want to know, who do you think we're covering in season 13? 617-906-6638 with your answers. Let me know your thoughts on the trailer and or anything relative to Disgraceland. Hit me and hit me hard, discos. All right, Disgraceland Season 13 trailer this week on Tuesday after party on Thursday. We'll be back on Monday with another of these mini episodes to kick your week off. And to land this plane, I'm going to read to you the Billboard charts from the week of August 27th, 1983, the week that Jerry Lee Lewis's fifth wife, Sean Stevens, was indeed found dead. Number one, every breath you take by the police. This week, one. Last week, one. Peak position, one. Weeks on chart, 13. Number two, sweet dreams are made of this. Eurythmics. Last week, two. Peak position, two. Weeks on chart, 16. Number three, Maniac, Michael Cimbello. Last week, four. Peak position, three. Weeks on charts, 13. Number four, she works hard for the money. Donna Summer, last week, peak position, three. Weeks on chart, 14. Number five, putting on the rest. Puck on chart, last week, nine. Peak position, five. Weeks on chart, 10. Number six, it's a mistake. Last week, six. Peak position. Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it!